You're listening to You Heard It Here First, the first United Methodist Church of New Ulm podcast. Shekinah Glory, Luke chapter 9, verses 28 through 36. Now about eight days after these sayings, Jesus took with him Peter and John and James, and went up on the mountain to pray. And while he was praying, the appearance of his face changed, and his clothes became dazzling white. Suddenly they saw two men, Moses and Elijah, talking to him. They appeared in glory and were speaking of his departure, which he was about to accomplish at Jerusalem. Now Peter and his companions were weighed down with sleep. But since they had stayed awake, they saw his glory in the two men who stood with him. Just as they were leaving him, Peter said to Jesus, Master, it is good for us to be here. Let us make three dwellings, one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah, not knowing what he said. While he was saying this, a cloud came and overshadowed them, and they were terrified as they entered the cloud. Then from the cloud came a voice that said, This is my son. My chosen, listen to him. When the voice had spoken, Jesus was found alone, and they kept silent and in those days told no one any of the things they had seen. A few years ago, I read Eugene Peterson's memoir titled The Pastor. Most of the book recalls Peterson's path to pastoral ministry and he draws from his salvation experience as a child, as well as recognizing his call to pastoral ministry. He talks about how a rabbi friend of his, who had been serving nearby at the time, told him a story about what's known as the Shekinah. Shekinah, his friend Paul tells him, is a Hebrew word that refers to a collective vision that brings together dispersed fragments of divinity. It's usually understood as a light-disseminating presence, bringing an awareness of God to a time and a place where God is not expected to be a place. It's not a public spectacle, but more like a selective showing at God's discretion to encourage or affirm, to reveal a reality of something that we do not yet have eyes to see. A collective vision that brings together dispersed fragments of divinity to reveal a reality of something that we do not yet have the eyes to see. You know, that feels appropriate for Transfiguration Sunday, doesn't it? And this idea of Shekinah, of an awareness of the presence of God, is a lot like what we find in our scripture text for today, from Luke chapter 9, the story of the Transfiguration of Jesus. So Jesus takes Peter and James and John up to a high mountain, where they were all alone, the text tells us. Mountains in the Old Testament represented a boundary or a meeting place between earth and heaven. In other words, mountains were considered to be a thin place, as it were, or a place where God could be encountered by God's people. Throughout Exodus and Leviticus and Deuteronomy, Moses would go up to a mountain to interact with God. And Luke's use of the three disciples here and Jesus going up to the mountain are used as a tool to bring the reader's mind to Moses going up to the mountain to encounter the presence of God and to be given the law. And it's interesting to note here, too, that only three out of the twelve disciples went up to the mountain, which asked the question, why three and why these three? Now, my study Bible suggested that Peter and James and John had formed a bit of an inner circle of disciples, as it were. 
That's not to say that they were more important to Jesus than the rest of the twelve, but perhaps they needed to experience what was about to happen more than the others did. Or maybe Jesus knew that this mountaintop experience would deepen their faith, because sometimes experience is the best teacher. And so Jesus was transfigured before them, and his clothes became dazzling white, such as no one on earth could bleach them. And you can just imagine what kind of experience it must have been for Peter and James and John, because you see, Jesus' transfiguration on the mountain in the midst of these three is actually a transformation to reveal Jesus' future glory. It's a Shekinah moment, a moment when God reveals the glory of Jesus in an unexpected place to a group of people who are not yet able to see. And even though the story is a reference to the Exodus 24 story from the Old Testament, where Moses goes up to the mountain to meet with God, and the glory of the Lord settled on Mount Sinai, it's also a reference to Exodus 34, where Moses' face shines brightly after coming down from the mountain and his encounters with God. We see another beholding moment here in the Transfiguration story. And so Moses and Elijah appear to them and were talking with Jesus. And in the midst of all that's happening in this scene, between Jesus being transfigured and Moses and Elijah appearing and talking with Jesus, the disciples are beholding the glory of God. It's a spiritual mountaintop moment, as it were. A moment where we experience the presence of God on a deep level in our lives. Maybe you've had one of those. I know I've had a few myself. And you see, we're forced to stand in awe of God and behold, as much as we can, his glory. It's a beautifully holy moment. But I guess Peter didn't get the memo about that one. Because Peter, you know, doesn't really seem to get it, does he? And he kind of just blurts out, Lord, it's good for us to be here. If you wish, I'll make three dwellings, one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. I love Peter. He's one of my favorite characters in the New Testament. Because Peter, at least in the Gospels, suffers from what I like to call foot-and-mouth disease. He typically thinks before he speaks, or speaks before he thinks, I should say, and doesn't understand it all. And yet, Jesus called him. Jesus believed in him. And Jesus loved him. And God did a mighty work through him later in Acts. But here, it's been suggested that Peter's idea might be trying to prolong this experience, or that he was thinking about the booths used at the Feast of the Tabernacle. You see, Peter wants to stay on the mountain a while longer, or that he was trying to find fulfillment of the promised glory in that moment before the sufferings that Jesus had announced were necessary. And while these mountaintop experiences are good and can be helpful in our spiritual growth, they're just that. Their mountaintop experiences. Though we as modern believers might desire to linger in the presence of God a while longer, the bigger point is that we must, once again, go back down the mountain and continue to discern how God is at work in the world so that we can partner with God in ministry and build the kingdom of God here on earth. And so the text continues then, just like in Jesus' baptism scene, where a bright cloud overshadowed them, and from the cloud a voice said, This is my son, my chosen. Listen to him. And so the Shekinah glory of God is revealed to these three, and a voice comes from heaven as the Father speaks words of affirmation over the Son. It's interesting to note here, too, the words God speaks over Jesus at the Transfiguration are almost exactly the same as the words that the Father spoke over Jesus at his baptism. 
The only noticeable difference is the three-word phrase at the end, listen to him. Because at this point in the gospel story, Jesus is about to begin his trek to Jerusalem and prepares for his arrest, his trial, and his crucifixion. And while the disciples are notably terrified of what's unfolded in front of them, Jesus tells them not to share what they had seen until after they had seen the Son of Man rise from the dead. You know, sometimes God's voice comes to us in a loud, unmistakable way, like the Father's words, listen to him. But other times the voice comes as a soft, comforting presence. But in both cases, God speaks to us where we are. Jesus reveals his glory to these three disciples, and the disciples hear, and they behold. Because while beholding is the start of discipleship, and it is, there comes a point at which we must go. In Matthew 28, when Jesus commissioned the disciples, Jesus doesn't tell them to come up to the mountain and be in my presence forever. Jesus tells his disciples to go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit and teaching them to obey everything that I have commanded you. And remember, I am with you always to the very end of the age. You see, church, we behold the presence of God so that we can be inwardly transformed. And then in turn, we go and we bring that presence of God to others through the way in which we live our everyday lives. We are invited into the life of the triune God so that we can in turn invite others in. This is the point of the transfiguration. And as we have begun this journey into the season of Lent, as we have observed Ash Wednesday, we would do well to listen to Jesus in our own lives during these 40 days as we seek to prepare our hearts for the coming of Easter. Because this is who we are as the people of God and what we are called to do as followers of Jesus. May we have open eyes to see, open ears to hear, open hearts to understand, and open hands to serve both God and one another. And may it always be so. Amen. Thank you for listening to You Heard It Here First, the first United Methodist Church of New Ulm podcast. Feel free to check out our website, firstumcnewalm.org, and our Facebook page, facebook.com slash firstumcnewalm. Hope you have a blessed day. Thank you.